Ooh. Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Unicast, episode 237. Um, now, a lot of times I come on this podcast and I say, ah, this, we're not going to have a, I'm not sure if I got a whole show this week. Uh, this one, I will admit that this is going to be a very much abridged episode of the podcast this week. Um, as you may have seen, uh, I posted it on Facebook, and I'm not really super active about posting things like this generally, because it's not my nature, uh, but earlier this week, my grandfather, uh, Carmen Famolaro, uh, passed away at the age of 97. He would have been 98 in February. Um, now, back in 2009... Uh, following the death of my grandmother, I had an opportunity to sit down with Carmen. And we spent about 25 minutes after the funeral as my, as my cousin Dean and my, my father were uh, going to the funeral home to pay the costs of the funeral and all that kind of thing. And I recorded about 22 minutes of conversation with Carmen, just... I don't know why. This is pre the podcast. I had the the microphones on me because I used to record music with them before the podcast started. I had the little portable mic, so uh, so well, I'll get to that in a second. Um, I don't know why I recorded it. I still I, I remember thinking this will be important someday. I didn't know when, and many times over the years, I thought to myself, "Is this the right time to to use it?" And I never could. I never thought it was, and now it seems like the only time to uh, to do it. So, instead of a traditional episode this week, uh, what I've done is I've uh, combined all three of the short interviews into one long 22-minute uh, interview uh, between myself uh, and my grandfather, Carmen Famolaro, recorded in his garage in North Utica on, uh, in, I guess, August of 2009. Uh, April of 2009, pardon me. A uh, couple things before we get into that, though, because um, my grandfather was in his mid to late 80s at this point in time, so and he couldn't hear very well. He never could hear well. He had the hearing aid, but he, he hated wearing it. Um, so uh, a couple things to keep in mind. One, I did have to lead a lot of this interview quite loudly, <laughs> so I will, um, I will do my best to uh, mix down the levels to make it uh, listenable. Um, and the <laughs> the other important side note, which I Kevin shared with me uh, when we were I showed him these recordings, I don't know what was going on in 2009. I don't know if it was just because I was with my grandfather and surrounded by my Italian family, but there is some very strange accents coming out of my mouth. I don't know what voice I'm using here. It's I, I, I couldn't tell you. Kevin's laughing in the other room as I say it. It's... There's, so prepare yourself for maybe, like, imagine that I'm probably wearing, like, a mock turtleneck and a gold chain, and I have no beard. That's that's about what you're expecting in 2009, 2010, whatever. Um, so, um, before we get into the, the bulk of this week's episode with the interview, uh, and for those of you who said such nice things on Facebook uh, for the uh, revised uh, obituary that we put out, um, thank you. It's very. I, I'm not great at responding on social media to things like that because I don't. I don't know how I respond to every single person. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm the worst. Who knows? 
but there are a few things that we will not go over in the interview because it's sort of scattershot. We'll talk about the war. We'll talk about moving to North Utica and his time with my grandmother and his time in Texas and all those kind of things. But uh, from the from the obituary, I will. Uh, I'm just going to share a few background facts and information so you can get some concept for who this man was. Uh, my grandfather, Carmen Famaro, was born on February 9th, 1922. Uh, he was one of eight children to Salvatore and Josephine Famaro. Uh, he received most of his education in Utica schools. Uh, he served in the United States Armed Forces 406th Bomb Squadron during the Second World War, uh, primarily in the European African Theater from 1942 until he received his honorable discharge in 1945, where he worked as a tech uh, sergeant, which he will talk briefly about during the uh, interview. During his time, uh, he was awarded the Air Medal with five oak leaf clusters. If anyone in the military can tell me what that means, I'd love to find out, but it seems good. Uh, He married my grandmother on July 26th, 1943, uh, while he was in the service. Uh, Around that time was when uh, my grandmother and him moved to Texas, where he was stationed at the time. Um, So there is some, that's, when we get to that part of the interview, you'll have some context. Uh, They were married for 65 years until her death in April of 2009. Uh, Following his time in the U.S. military, uh, he worked at the Griffiths Air Force Base until Rome, uh, in Rome, until he retired. Uh, And in his retirement, he was well known for enjoying uh, hunting, fishing. He had an amazing, wildly fascinating garden. Just the greatest garden you'll ever see. Again, we'll we'll get to that in the interview. Just excellent, excellent work. He was a great outdoorsman. Uh, also, growing up, he was one of the only people I knew who had a full furnished wood shop in his basement. So, shout out to Gramps for all those years of Pinewood Derby cars that I quote-unquote made myself. So, thanks for that. Um, great woodworker. He would just build all sorts of these beautiful windmills and birdhouses and just tons and tons of stuff. He was very active. Uh, Of course, he made the beautiful sausage in the oil, um, and he enjoyed his Saturday morning meetings with many of his friends, guys I remember, um, guys like Rock and Tiny, great Italian names, Jerry, all sorts, the most Italian names ever, Guy, just, I don't even even see names like that anymore, Tiny. Uh, Anyhow, he was a member of the American Legion Post in North Utica, the number 229, um, so that's a lot of the, the general background. So you can get an idea. We did the, we did the math at my cousin's house earlier today. And uh, one of the things I think we figured out, I want to say he, the president when he was born was Warren G. Harding, which is wild. And I guess I'd have to do the math to figure out how many presidents he saw. It's like 17 or 18. Some wild, it's, I can't, that was the wildest thing to me. I was like, God, Warren G. Harding, the president when he was born in 1922. It seems... Like, such a strange time. And, uh, and I'll get into a little bit of that in the outro bumper, uh, but I won't, uh, I won't linger uh, any longer here. Why don't, we, uh, why don't we go into the interview that I did from, uh, I guess, 2009. God, it seems so long ago now. Uh, from 2009 with myself uh, and the late Carmen Famolaro uh, from 1922 to, 19, to 2020. He was a month away from his 98th birthday. Uh, I will miss him greatly. He was an inspiring man. He lived a full, fascinating life, and he traveled around the world and saw many things, and he would tell these stories in a way that it seemed like it was no big deal, <laughs> but somehow it would stick with you, and uh, you'll, you'll hear. He's got, a, he's got a great Italian voice. So uh, here is my 
maybe 10 year old interview with uh, with my grandfather Carmen uh, and we'll be back to the show uh, after that. Sunday? Yeah, it's Sunday the... Oh, I got him. I'm going to take the garbage out. Oh, I'll take it out for you before I leave. Well, it's early. Well, uh, just remind yeah. Dad. He'll he'll do it when he gets here. I'll take that out. So, so I, was, uh, I was outside. Uh-huh. So when I was outside looking at your garden, I was thinking about this. Dad used to have a garden... Did he? Well, at the old house on Ballantyne Bray when I was a kid, he Ballantine had Bray. he had the little garden on the side. But you've had that garden since, like, way before I was born. I always remember oh. you having that. When did you start doing your your garden? Is amazing. Well, my father used to have a garden. He's okay, so he had a garden. And yeah. That's where I learned. You know, sure. There. I don't I, know. Ever since I moved here, I had a garden. Oh yeah, I remember it ever since we were a little little kid. Oh, it's the first yeah. thing I remember. My father was a good gardener. It's funny because most of my generation, like people my age, I don't know anybody who knows how to garden. Gar- who knows how to garden? Who even understands the concept of growing your own stuff? Like not that many people. Not like when it was in your generation. And it uh, seems like something that would be so uh, beneficial to know how to do. You know what I mean? Oh, I love to garden. Oh yeah, it's nice. Well, it's just nice to be outside and do yeah. something and grow something. And I always tell people, when I you... I remember when my father started, well, when he used to have a garden. Mm-hmm. Cabbage. Yeah. <laughs> potatoes. Onions. Oh, yeah. That kind of stuff. Cabbage, huh? That seems... I can't imagine that cabbage, one. Cabbage. Uh, well, we call them verbs. V- yeah. Verbs instead huh. of cabbage. Well, you used to have this... I remember... You had the, you always had the peppers, peppers, and you always had the tomatoes. But you used to have the snow peas or the peas up on the wall. You had the snap peas when I was a kid. Oh yeah, yeah the vine peas. That was my favorite. Yeah. yeah. Mm. My father was a pretty good gardener from, uh, you know, for an old timer. You probably don't notice it, but when I go to the grocery store, if I buy like a tomato from the grocery store, it always tastes like shit. <laughs> so compared to like this, the you like dad will give me some stuff from the garden that you yeah. grow, and I'll go. Yeah. This is what a tomato tastes like, and then I go to the store and I buy one, and it tastes like water. It doesn't taste like anything. It has no flavor to it. It's crazy the difference that you no, know. There's a big difference. Big difference, yeah. Yeah, uh, homegrown and store. Yeah, mm. they're different. Mm. Did Grandma? I gar- don't know why. Right. They all go the same way, you know, but. 
Nah, those big commercial gardens, they don't do it the same way. It's the, this is personal. This is nice and like you, you control everything. When you get like the tomatoes from the grocery store, those are from like the big companies. They send you know, the, the conglomerates and stuff like that. It's not the same. No. It's all modified, you know? Did Grandma garden with you, or was that always just you? Or did no. she? Did Grandma help you with the garden, or was no, it always no, just no, you? No. She never went in the garden. Never went in the garden. No. And she certainly never went hunting with you, right? Huh? She never went hunting with you, right? Oh no. When's the last time you went hunting? Well, I used to go here. Yeah, yeah. Have you gone like recently, no, or not that long? Yeah, I was gonna say, does Don take you every now and then? No. Uh, the last. Two or three years, they stopped. They barred us from hunting. Oh, at the camp. Oh, right, right. They stopped us on not too long ago. Hmm. Why well, I just remember because you have all the pictures up of you with all the rabbits, oh, yeah, the dogs, and everything. You always like fishing better, though, right? Huh? You prefer to go fishing, don't you? Fishing and hunting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I still like to go fishing. I like fishing these days. Yeah. We used to take the. That little trolling boat on the Black River when we go camp, yeah. I used to love doing that. That was my favorite. Well, I still go fishing. Yeah. You never lose that one. That's still fun. No, Don likes to fish. Oh, he certainly loves to yeah. fish. Yeah. He likes to take his kids fishing. Mm. And we still go fishing. Oh, yeah. But no more hunting. Yeah, it's probably it's tougher to hunt oh, now. I don't care. I had my... Yeah, yeah, for my sure. My share of hunting. Yeah. I never went hunting. I don't know. We didn't. I, if, uh, I wish I knew. I kept track of how many rabbits and woodchucks we yeah. killed. Well, that's another difference between. My father. He used to hunt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the difference between your generation and my generation is that I don't think I've ever. I've fired a gun maybe three times in my whole life. And even then. It wasn't yeah. the hunt. You guys were hunting and fishing, and you fought in the war, so you, you were... This is different. It's totally different than our lifestyle. Well, I hunted for a good many years. Oh, yeah. With the dogs. I used to have dogs there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember you had all the dogs in the... Yeah. You had the, the nice dog house you built yeah. in the back for all the dogs. Yeah. Yeah, then they stopped. I was from hunting in those lands, so... Yeah. I stopped raising dogs. Yeah. Puppies. I used to sell puppies. Yeah, I remember that. You used to have all sorts of animals. I remember you had the, the chicken coop back yeah. here for a while. You had the chickens. I had a good life with that, you know, outside life. Well, you know, it's funny because when I was a little kid, uh, Dad used to bring home rabbits to Ballantyne Bray, and he would bring them home in the cage. And I was a little kid. And he would say, look, we got a rabbit. And he'd leave it in the garage, and I'd play with it for a day. And then I'd come back out. And I'd be like, where's the rabbit? And he said, oh, it escaped. I don't know. It got away. Uh-huh. And it took me years to realize that we ate it for dinner. He never told me until years later. Yeah. I just He never let me know. So yeah. I get rabbits here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you got that garden. You're always going to get rabbits. So that's why I got a fence. Yeah. Mm. I still get rabbits around here. Yeah. Not as many, but I still get them. Good. Yeah. You still fire the... I've had woodchucks here. You still fired the BB gun out the window when you see them? I used to shoot them from the window. You don't do that anymore? No. Nah. <laughs> uh, mm. I shoot the honeycalls now. Oh, the the squirrels? The hell is she? Wait, you talking the little, the tree squirrels? No, they, 
Not the rabbit, not woodchucks. Gerbils? Huh? Go- gophers? No, what the hell do I shoot from the window? God damn it. <laughs> That's all right. I'm sure a lot of them have not taken the brunt. Well, you had birds? Muskrats, no. You probably got, uh, what do you call, the chipmunks? No, not the chipmunk. Something bigger than a chipmunk. Like a woodchuck? Woodchucks I get once in a while. I really? You get, what, you get raccoons out no, here? No, these are pigeons. <laughs> God damn it, I forgot what the hell. We're after work. Okay, thank okay. you. Bye, Sammy. I'll see you later. Yeah. Ugh. I'm going to wait a little bit to see if uh, Dad shows up. He's supposed to be on the way. Who? My father. He's supposed to be on the way. Really? Yeah, so I'm going to wait a little bit. Oh, you're welcome. Uh, So, Father's Day, huh? Yeah, how many Father's Day have I had? (laughs) It's it's a long, you've been a long one. It's been a long time. Do you remember, uh, what was your old man like? Huh? What was your father like? Do you remember your father? Sure I remember him. He was a big guy. The big guy? Red hair. Really? Was he Irish? No, he was <laughs> no, I'm just I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. No, he was Italian. It's a, uh, my sister's got red hair. Mm. Took after him, and she's got the temperament like him too. Did you ever meet the uh, grandma's father? No. Never met him. No, no, they're in the old country. The old country. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You ever go back? Have you ever been back to Italy? No. Would you want to go back? Not that I know of. I don't know. But he had a rough there. Yeah. It wasn't like over here. Sure. He was lucky to get here. Yeah, that's always... I always find that it must have taken a long time for him to get here, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was a great guy. Hard-working guy. Yeah. It's a different world now than no it is. No education or anything, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he worked in a mill for... He used to run machines. What kind of mill was it? A, a dyeing machine. Oh, okay. Used to dye cloth. Interesting. It was as big as this garage. Huh. Big, big vats. It's probably dangerous. Huh? It's probably dangerous. Oh, yeah. And, uh, they used to dye cloth. Interesting. Yeah. To uh, they used to make sweaters, mm. stockings, and all that kind of stuff. He used to dye it. I'm kind of embarrassed to ask this. What was your? What did you do for like a job? I know you were in the military, but what was your like profession? Mine. Yeah. I was a radio operator. Radio operator. And, uh, B B twenty four and a B seventeen. Oh, okay. So you yeah. you worked like the communications between stuff. Yeah, well, we used to fly over into Germany. Yeah. Drop bombs. Yeah. I'll have a few accidents. Yeah, of course, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's probably scary. Yeah, right? Scared. Yeah, of course. This is a scary time. But it's something that I wouldn't give up. Of course. You probably learned a lot, taught, a th- yeah. taught you things. And it helped me out in later years, mm. you know. Yeah. 
you know, uh, income and all that. Yeah. When did you, uh, when did you come back from the war? Like, when did you come back to the United States after the war? When? Yeah. Do you remember? Were you married to Grandma at that point in time? Oh, yeah. You were already married to Grandma. I was, oh, yeah, I was married to her when I was in the service. So you were married, and then you went overseas. (laughs) Oh, salute. We got married when I was in the service. You were in the service when you got married. Yeah. Yeah. uh, So so she was in the United States when you were overseas, and you were already married. No. No. She came with you overseas? Yeah. Oh, wow. Really? Jesus, it's been so long. Oh, yeah, it's okay. I was just curious. Uh, where the heck did, uh, Alpine, Texas. Alpine, Texas. She used wow. to come in, she came and <laughs> lived there with me. I was stationed there. In Texas? How long were you in Texas? For a long time or just for a little bit? Oh, no, she was there for quite a while. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah, she got a job in yeah. a laundry place. Interesting. She stayed with me about six months. When did you come to Utica? Where? Like, when did you come here to North Utica? Like, when did you come oh, from... North Utica? Yeah, when did you come from Texas to North Utica? This was after the war? After the war. Yeah. And you moved into this house, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you've been here yeah. since then? I used to live in uh, East Utica. Oh, in East Utica. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you've been all over. Six family house. Six family? Wow. Two on each floor. Huh. Jeez. Yeah. I it, didn't like that. That's too crowded for you. You have your night. No, no, the toilets are out in the hall. <laughs> yeah. Well, here you got your garden and you got your lawn and you got all your space yeah, here, too. Yeah, in the wintertime, you used to freeze your ass. Ugh. The toilet's out in the hall. Hmm. What's the... My father had a tough one. So I'm, what I think what what's crazy to me when I think about uh, like your generation is you got to see all of these things get invented and built. Like you have a TV here, you probably had a TV right when they were. Oh my god! Yeah, it's so different now than it was when you first got a TV, right? Yeah, I used to work on them. <laughs> yeah, you think I you used to repair TVs. You think you could repair one of the new TVs now no, or no? No. <laughs> it's been so long. Uh-huh. Yeah, you should repair them. In those days, the TVs were not like down. Yeah. You used to have tubes. Yeah, tubes, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh. I used to come home with more tubes. <laughs> Just have a whole bushel of them? Oh, yeah, because I, we used to, hmm. I used to use them on the aircraft. Hmm. They had radios on the aircraft. Yeah. And uh, they, were, they were tubes. You had to use sure. tubes. <coughs> hmm. I said, more tubes home. Yeah. Oh. Did you, now, you, when I remember, so some of my earliest memories when I was a kid yeah. of being here at this house was I used to remember sitting down in the basement when you guys would make the wine or you'd make the sausage. Uh, were you doing that even when you were a kid? Were you always making the wine with like your parents? No, no you never. No more. When, not anymore. Yeah. No, you can't get the grape anymore if you want. You can't make it anymore. Yeah. Uh, the only one who does this is uh, uh, what the hell's his name? Frank. Yeah, he yeah. has uh, 
send away for. Yeah, yeah, Frank sends away for him. Yeah, and yeah. He yeah. gets it, and he, he makes it. Yeah. No, he gets the juice. That's right, he gets the, that's right, that's he gets right. He the juice. And giving away all his he secrets. He still does. See, I remember, my favorite memories was you used to have that big kerosene heater downstairs when I was a kid because it would be cold out and we would run around the kerosene heater and Grandma Josephine would make the mushroom stew oh and the God. tripe. That was my favorite. Was I used to like the mushroom. I can't eat tripe anymore. I, it's, I, it doesn't sit well with me anymore, but I love the mushroom stew she used to make. She used to no, make the... I have tripe. They still make tripe around here. Frank, I don't make it anymore. I don't know how to cook anyway. No, I never knew yet. <laughs> but he brought it over here a week or two ago. Oh, yeah. He, he loves to have the tripe. He, he loves tripe. it. <laughs> it's crazy to me that... Because Grandma used to cook all the time, but you never learned... You never watched her cook or learned how to cook the stuff no, that she used to cook? She was a good cook. She was a great cook. Yeah, she was My father was a good cook. Yeah. My, well, your son, my father, is an excellent cook. You're a, yeah. yeah, he's a great cook. He cook. He showed me how to cook all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Uh. I don't know. I wish I wrote all this stuff down. That's okay. Maybe or somebody I will record it one of these days. Me. We'll make a novel for it for you one of these days. Yeah. I'll record it all for you. Boy, oh boy. All right, listen. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna try and call your son and see where he is. I'm gonna give him a call because I gotta head out in a little bit. So, I'm gonna. Oh. Sam, I gotta call your son. I'm gonna see if he's around. Oh, okay. Or they moved away, or they, or I don't see him anymore. Well, that's like that's a tough that's a tough thing to come to terms with. Like Hunting you partners, I used to have. It's just that's what happens when you get old, you know. I I used to love hunting with a dog. Yeah, yeah. Oh. You still it's, got some? You, well, Bob still is Bob still around? I, you still got friends around or no? Not really. No. Is Bob Panetta still around? Papa, yeah, he's still, he's still yeah, around. He's still yeah, he still comes by visit you. He comes over once in a yeah. while. Yeah, that's scary to me. Is like I've known him a long time. Because I'm a young, I'm I'm only 31, and I think sometimes I got a lot of friends, but I've never thought about the concept of of yeah. you know having them be gone. You know, it's scary. We moved up here at the same time. Yeah, we had the houses built. Oh yeah. Uh, well, there wasn't much up here when you moved there here. There was nothing up here. Nothing up here. Nothing at all. No driveways, no grass, no nothing. That must have been kind of nice. Nice and quiet. Yeah. So you got to see this whole neighborhood get built, like, around your house, yeah. basically. But, you know, you'd be surprised. I know very few people. That doesn't surprise this me. whole friggin' yeah. area. People probably know you, though. You've been here for a long time. They probably know that you're around. Uh, not is the closest one. Yeah. I see him a lot. Yeah. Not a lot, but I mean, mm. next door. Are you? Uh, the, there must have been two or three different families that used to live next door to me. Yeah. Years ago. Yeah. They all moved away. <laughs> it's funny. I uh, I always thought when I was a little kid that I would stay at that house on Ballantyne Bray, like that would where that's where I'd always be, right? And then. Uh, had like five apartments since then. I've been in a million places now. Yeah. Did um, did it you? Was, it was a big move for me. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for me, Utica, all the way up here. Why'd you decide to move from East Utica here? You just wanted your own space. You guys wanted to start a family, or they were. Uh, see, there was nothing here. Yeah, nothing. Yeah, nothing. I used to buy. You had to buy your plot. 
How much did you pay for your plot? Do you remember? I'm sure that it's different now than it was back then. But oh, was it? A- yeah, now it costs you thousands. But it was in the hundreds, not much. Hundreds? So you had hundreds for this piece of land? Not, not much. Wow. Two, two or $300, you bought a lot. Different time, though. It's, see, yeah. Uh, depending if you want one lot or two lots, the lots were 100 by 100. Wow. And I bought just the one lot. 100. So you could have bought more, though, like if you had wanted. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All I wanted. If you could go back, would you have bought another one now in hindsight? Like uh-huh. Years later, now that you've... Now that you've been here a long time, if you could go back and do it again, would you have bought another another plot? Uh, I, I wish I did buy another. Y- yeah, yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah. 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 They were cheap. Yeah. Well, now in Heinz, yeah. Um, but what the hell would I do with it? You have a decent, you know, this is a pretty good amount of land you have here, considering, yeah. you know, I mean, you have a nice yard and you got the big garden, you got the trees in the back, you got the beautiful uh, the shed you built out there. Yeah, there was nothing here. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah. nothing. No roads. No mm. nothing. What did the... So when you and Grandma were living here, what did you guys do for fun back in the day? Did you guys read? Did you guys go... Did what? What did you guys do for fun when you were younger? When you and Grandma? When you were married? Did you guys have like... Did you guys go out? Did you ever go to like the oh, shows? Oh, yeah. Or? We were not a lot. Yeah? What was, the, what was the fun thing to do? Did you guys go to see singers? Did you go to the bars? Did you go to see movies? Or what We you, used to go to, you know... Yeah. Saturday nights, we used to oh, go yeah. out. Hmm. N- not bars. But yeah, the restaurants or... Restaurants. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That I never have. was much for bars. It's different you know, culture back then than it was yeah. now. Now there's a million bars. Now they're all over the place. <laughs> I get bored of going to see them. So. Yeah. Even when I was younger, I didn't go to bars much. Yeah. I used to go, but not much. Yeah. Not much. Maybe... Yeah. Me and my wife used to go. Yeah. On a Saturday night. Yeah. We go. Not long. Ten, eleven o'clock. We're back home. That's pretty. It's pretty early these days. Now it's just when the party's yeah. starting for people when they yeah. go out to the bars. Yeah. <laughs> I know my wife for a long, long time. I miss her still. Sometimes I think about her. In high school. Met her in high school. I I met met her in high school. What, how did you uh, how did you let her know that you liked her? Did you just did you just walk up and ask her on a date, or did you uh, did you? No, she used to ask me to do her homework for. She asked you to. <laughs> oh, she uh, in English class you had to write poems. She would have me uh, write a oh, poem man. for me. Write a poem. That's how I got. That's amazing. Me. She used to sit next to me. <laughs> That's how I got to know her. Oh, that's a great story. That's a great I story. I was great on writing poems. Really? I had never knew that about you. I didn't know you used to write yeah, poems. You always used to call on me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And still, I still remember some of the things yeah. I used to write. What's a good... You remember one of them? Yeah. One was, uh, how do you call it? It says, if all the world was made of gold... We would be something in its hole. <laughs> I love the it. The teacher had me stand up and read them in front of class and everything. That's amazing. Yeah. Hey, look, you got a visitor. Your son is here.
could not tell you what was going on with my voice. I really, I had to sit back and listen to it again when we were when I was doing the editing. Oof. I don't know. I, Kev, would I, would I talk like that a lot when I was younger? What? Did I talk a lot with that Italian accent when I was younger? Putting it on for the family. Jeez, Louise. Uh, what a time. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Yeah, I've uh, been sitting on those interviews for so long. and I mean, I, I guess I always sort of knew that this was going to be what they were for. I just, I, I don't know. I was never really prepared to get this far with it, I guess. Um, so, I don't have too much more to add. And I, I feel like I would be, uh, I feel like I'd be straining to add too much more besides what we've already talked about, but uh, I did just spend some time with my cousins and my sisters and my uh, and my extended family in Rome just now, and it was funny just sort of sitting around chatting up all the funny, <laughs> funny stories, and I'll leave you with a few small anecdotes here. Uh, one, my grandpa, my grandfather had a habit, especially in the later uh, period of life, by just being amazed by everything. I think it was because when you grow up in the 1920s and you see the world around you change so radically, suddenly there's so many things that you never would have seen or thought of or or even come to imagine, even small, minuscule things. And one very particular moment I remember, I was uh, I was up at my old man's house and uh, I was, a, a, at that point in time in my life, I was a relatively picky eater. I liked what I liked and that was about it. And uh, in particular, my, my dad had made me a bowl of pizza rolls, of Totino's combination pizza rolls. Uh, my grandfather, who came over for dinner, uh, was sitting around the table, and as we were sitting there, he picked up one of the pizza rolls and was flabbergasted. He could not comprehend. What the hell is this? I've never seen nothing like this in my life. This is amazing. And I was like, don't eat it. Because if you, if you eat it, you're going to find that it's not that amazing. But I just, uh, I always sort of appreciated this sort of like joy and wonder he had for all the things that changed in the world around him. You know, and uh, the other the other real point I kind of wanted to get at that I spoke with my family about. Um, in the world we live in, I think it's very rare for... Men as they get older, especially men of a certain generation, of this greatest generation, whatever you want to call it, um, to make changes in their life. I think I've said it in the pod before. When you, The older you get, you don't tend to change your views. You tend to double down on the things you already believe. That's very common. And, you know, I was... He was a... He was in... He grew up in a time, I don't want to say I was scared of him because I had no reason to be scared of him, but he was just, he had a sternness to him that as a little kid I didn't understand. I did, he made, it made me uncomfortable. Even though he was never outwardly stern with me, he was very sweet to me. Um, but it was funny getting older and watching him grow more and more soft and gentle as the grandkids started to roll in. And, you know, I think a lot of people... Yeah, it, it was interesting to see him not double down on sort of his stern, old-school ways. And his time went on, and his his wife passed away. You know, he became a different, softer man. He enjoyed playing with the, the grandkids and the great-grandkids. He had nine great-grandkids, which is just wild to me. And he, he carried himself in such a way that, you know, I, I think it's hard for me to comprehend 
what I will take away from him besides what what an amazing life he lived and how casually he acted about the the crazy things he did. Not crazy, but the just things you would think about now. It's like, I can't believe he would do that. I, I struggled to get out of the car today to go get coffee. I was like, can I drive through somewhere? This man would tell me stories about being on B-2 bombers and kicking bombs off the bottom of the plane because they would stick to the gears. And I, he would say it like it was nothing. And it's just like, wow. I, what, a, what a way to look at the world around you, just to roll through and to be gritty and hardworking and to do it because that's the way it was. And there was no, there wasn't anything special about him. Just he never saw himself as doing anything special. He thought it was just the way that he was supposed to be. And that's how men were. Um, I will, you know, when, when he got to the end, uh, the last few years, he had, uh, he'd lost a lot of the hearing and he, he would struggle to recognize me in the last years or so. Um, and I never took it personally because I understood he was 90, 95, 96 years old. He used to think I was the mailman, uh, <laughs> which, is, which is fine. Uh, and it was tough if I was there by myself because I couldn't explain to him contextually who I was. I was like, no, I'm your son's son. Your son's son. And he, he couldn't put that together. But he was a good man. Um, and despite, you know, the... And despite all of the, the changing times around him and the, the rough life he was handed, his times at the war, living in poverty and moving across the country and living in these tenement houses and going to North Utica and having this house when there was nobody else around him and watching this whole neighborhood build up around the house that he lived in, just uh, it's, it's very inspiring. And we will miss him. Christmas Eve's will not be the same. He was an excellent scotch drinker. Um... And as the holidays go on, we will raise a glass of scotch for our grandfather, great-grandfather, father, Carmen Famolaro, 1922 through 2020, a month away from his 98th birthday. You will be missed. And, um, yeah, I think that's a good place to close out. Uh, So, again, I do apologize to all the listeners out there for not putting out a full show this week. I didn't really think that there was going to be any time for me to pull in an interview or put any sort of... I've I've been so all over the place the last few days, I don't think I was going to be able to put together any sort of semblance of a regular show. But but fear not, uh, we will be back next week uh, for a regular show, uh, which will also be my 34th birthday. We'll be in between then so I'll have a birthday this week afterwards so uh, busy week busy week Uh, before I go I just want to thank uh, a few people who have been uh, very helpful in this time and again I want to thank everybody who reached out on social media and Facebook and Twitter and all the text messages from folks who I will inevitably forget to say thank you to so if I did I'm already sorry you are appreciated and thank you for reaching out but specifically I want to thank uh, Kevin Sullivan, Aaron Higgins, Justin Parkinson, Kate Riley, Zach Wilson, uh, Steve Anderson, um, my cousins John, Michael, and Aaron Famolaro, my cousins Dean and Tara, uh, my brother-in-laws Don, Gilbert, and Randall Bailey, and uh, certainly um, my beloved sisters uh, Karen and Kelly, um, who in these trying times uh, it reminds us of the bond that we have and, uh, and that is important to me, and it will always be important to me. So thank you, everybody, and everybody else who I forgot to mention. I'm sure I'll get to it next week. 
Um, yeah, so that's it. Um, sign our humanoids. Uh, keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Uh, the tape machines are rolling. We will see you next week for a more traditional, regular episode of the Uticast. Have a great, have a great week, folks, and we will catch you next time.